guys, welcome back to episode to a new episode. Look, I gave it. I gave it. Start off right. I'm so excited, man, to do this new episode of Sports with Jesus. And welcome, guys. Welcome, guys, to another episode of Sports with Jesus. I'm pretty sure we're at episode 19, but we're losing count, guys. We're losing count because we're putting up so much content out there. Let's go. Let's go, baby. Let's go, guys. We got. Yo, we're about to make it to episode 20 next next week, yo. Can you believe that? Nah, I can't believe that. We're going to make it to episode 20, guys. We're at episode 19. Episode 19. Let's get it. Let's get right into the intro, man. Welcome back to episode 19 of Sports Wit. Jesus. Sports. We talk about sports. Wit. It gets witty. Jesus is my middle name. And also the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, man. Let's get it. Let's go. Thank you, guys. Thank you for the round of applause. I'm loving the energy today from the crowd. Thank you, crowd. Thank you, God. And you know what, guys? I'd just like to start off by, you know, just reading something I wrote down. Reading something I wrote down. So uh, yesterday, you know, um, I was in, I was working. And there was these kids. And these kids, you know, they come in after school, you know, to kill time, you know, just to check out the store and, you know, hang out. So, you know, I go up to the kids, you know, I, I just talk to the kids, you know, I'm, I'm cool with the kids, you know, I'm making the kids laugh, making the kids feel good, this and that. Here we go. So at the end of the interaction, you know, one of the kids is like, he asks me, he asks, he asks, uh, I don't, he asks, he says, uh, yo, He's like, you know, you're very social, man. You're very social. Um, why are you so social? And I didn't know my response, but, uh, you know, I was thinking about it. And uh, here's what I should have said. Um, I wrote down, just making sure, you know, everyone is good. Just making sure everyone is good because you know what else is good? God is good. God is good. God is good. And God... He's in all of us. You know, God God is the heart. You know, that's what I was thinking. Like, he, he is our heart. You know, he's literally our heart. Like, what's making your heart go? Like, what makes, how does it work? You know, it's pumping blood. Well, let me tell you. I searched it up. How does, I searched up, how does your heart beat? Your heart has a special electronic, electrical system called the cardiac conduction system. This system controls the rate and rhythm of the heartbeat. With each heartbeat, an electrical signal travels from the top of the heart to the bottom. As the signal travels, it causes the heart to contract and pump blood. That sounds like a whole lot of nonsense to me. That sounds like God. That sounds like God is in there working his magic, sending electrical signals. He's your heart, guys. He's your heart. Like, what's making your heart go? God is making your heart go. Because God is in all of us. And... Another thing is, like, how did the world start? B the Big Bang, right? The Big Bang Theory. You know, one Big Bang and, you know, the, the whole, the whole uh, ecosystem, not ecosystem, the whole solar system came out of this Big Bang. Well, your heart is beating one Big Bang at a time. Think about it, guys. Think about it. Your heart can stop at any minute. It can stop at any minute. But God is in there. You know, God is working. He works in all of us. He's working through us. And he lives in all of us, guys. So just, you know, 
This is this is just something I was just dotting down. You know, like what makes our heart go? You know, we follow our heart. When we when we when we when a goal comes down, you know, we say, "Hey, follow your heart. Follow, follow God, man. Follow God." Thank you, thank you, guys. Thank you. So that was just my little preach for the segment for the intro. It's episode 19, baby. We're going to talk about baseball. We're going to talk about the Mets. We're going to talk about the Yankees. We're going to talk about football, man. Let's get it. We're going to talk about the Jets. We're going to talk about the Giants, man. Then we're going to get into some Bible talk, man. Let's get it. Let's start off with some baseball. Let's start off with some baseball. So you already know how we start off with baseball with an episode at the beginning of the week. Uh, We're going to talk about the... League leaders and the standings. Here's the standings as of today, September 19th. American League East. We'll start off with the American League East. We got the Baltimore Ravens leading the division with 94 wins, 56 losses. AL Central. We got the Minnesota Twins leading the division, 79 wins, 72 losses. AL West. We got the Houston Astros leading that division. 84 wins, 67 losses. Very close race in the AL Central as you got the Seattle Mariners with 82 wins, 68 losses. So they are a game and a half behind um, the lead for the AL West. And also the Texas Rangers have the same exact record as the Seattle Mariners, 82 wins, 68 losses. They're also a game and a half behind. So that that race is really tight, guys. Really tight, that race. In the National League East, we got the Atlanta Braves, probably the favorites to win, you know, the whole thing. They got 96 wins, 54 losses. NL Central, you got the Milwaukee Brewers leading that division, 84 wins, 66 losses. NL West, you got the the NL uh you got that Los Angeles Dodgers who clinched the division with 92 wins. And 57 losses. So really good. Really good stuff from those teams. Now we'll get into the league leaders. The league leaders, man. Batting average. Who's leading the league in batting average? We got Luis Arise batting 354. He's been leading the batting average for the whole season, man. So just give him the crown already. Just give him the crown. Leading the league in home runs. We got Matty Olsen, man. Matty Olsen with 52 home runs. Pete Alonzo right behind him. Tied for second place with 45, 45 homers himself. Leading the league in RBIs. You got Matty Olsen. Oh, my God. Is he having a... he He's having a crazy year this year. And it shows. Look at the Atlanta Braves. Best team in the league. Best team in the league, man. We'll talk about that later. But we got the Matt, we got Matt Olson leading the league in RBIs with 129. We got my boy Big Me Pete, man. Big Me Pete, second place with 112 RBIs, man. He's, you know, from from all right, we'll, we'll continue. We'll continue. Stolen bases. Leading the league in stolen bases. We got Ronald Acuna Jr. with 66 stolen bases, man. Is he gonna get to 70, guys? I think he's gonna get to 70. I don't know. But leading the league in runs, we got, uh, never mind. Now we're on to the pitching stats. Let's go to the pitching stats. Leading the league in ERA, Blake Snell. Blake Snelly Snell with a 2.43 ERA. Man, is he on one. 
leading the league in wins. We got Spencer Strider with 17 wins. Leading the league in strikeouts, we got Spencer Strider, 259 strikeouts. Wow, is he having a good season as well. This guy's a second-year ball player, yo. He's a second-year ball player. Leading the league in uh, in saves, we got Emmanuel Class A. And uh, that's about it, guys. That's about it. That's going to do it for the league leaders and the league standings. Um, but just so you know, we're going to talk about some stuff going into the league. Um, I just want to talk about my favorites real fast. My favorites to win the, to win it all, to be honest. To win it all. You know, the Mets already eliminated. Yankees eliminated from postseason contention. And uh, it's just not much to talk about when it comes to the, the New York Yankees and the New York Mets. It's just uh, it's just been tough, man. It's been tough, you know. They won the last game. Right now, the Mets are just trying to play spoiler. They're playing against the Marlins right now, and uh, you know, it's just uh, it's they've got nothing going on, man. Got nothing going on for the Mets. I don't I don't I don't even know what I'm gonna talk about when I when I get to the Mets. But I just want to talk about my favorites. My favorites. I got the Atlanta Braves, man. I think the Atlanta Braves are too stacked right now. Too stacked. When it comes to this, uh, when it comes to the team, man, they're they're oh my god, they have they have a crazy team, and uh, you know the rotation. They got Max Fried, Spencer Strider. They they have a crazy, crazy, you know, team. Their team is stacked, and this team is gonna be stacked for like the next ten years, guys. The next ten years. I'm just looking up their roster real fast, and I'm gonna tell you who these guys have because. Man, oh man, these guys have a squad. You know what I'm talking about? Like, squad. Bryce Elder. Look, this guy was born 5'19", 1999. This guy's my age, yo. I'm older than this guy. He's a starting pitcher for the Atlanta Braves. You got Max Freed. Uh, another, another, uh, Charlie Morton. Another stud. Spencer Strider, who's, uh, who's in the running for Cy Young. Like, come on, and look at this bullpen, yo. Look at this bullpen. They got Brad Hand, Rysel Iglesias, A.J. Minter, like Kirby Yates. Like, these guys are stacked, man. Catchers, they got Darno, Travis Darno, and Sean Murphy, who's having a great season after being acquired from the Oakland Athletics. Ozzie Albies, 20 home runs. Orlando Arcia, 20 home runs. Matt Olson, come on, man. This guy's got 52 home runs. Austin Riley. You got Ronald Acuna in right field, Michael Harris in center field, Eddie Rosario, designated hitter, Marcelo Zuna. Like, oh my God, you hear all these names and you know every single one of these players. And that's how you know this team is stacked because you hear those names and you know that name, those names. Like, it's crazy. This team is so stacked. Team is so stacked. Shout out to the front office of the Atlanta Braves for building this team from the ground up. You know, they didn't really have to sign anybody. I mean, they traded for, you know, Matt Olson. They traded for Sean Murphy. They traded for, uh, I mean, they signed, um, you know, Marcelo Zuna. They, 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 you know, they developed Ozzie Albies. They, tra- they signed Orlando Arcia. They developed Austin Riley. They developed Ronald Acuna. They developed Michael Harris. Like, come on, guys. Come on. This, this, like, you gotta, you gotta give props to this organization on how good these guys, you gotta give props to this organization on how they worked with the farm system and worked through free agency. Like, the brand of the Atlanta Braves are just too stacked right now. 
my second team, you know, I got a couple teams, man. It's, it's going to be a very interesting postseason uh, for baseball. You got a lot of good teams out there. Baltimore Orioles. Oh, my God, man. They're, they're so, they are so ahead of schedule. I had these guys winning it in like two to three years last year. But these guys are just so ahead of schedule. It's not even funny. Like, these guys are number one in American League East. Arguably, arguably the toughest division in the league. But these guys are making noise. You know, first, they got they got a solid, solid rotation. Solid rotation. They got Jack Flaherty, Kyle Gibson, who's having a great season. They got Adley Rutschman. Like, come on, man. Switch hitting catcher. Guy's a stud. Adam Frazier. Gunnar Henderson. His first year in the league. He came, he got called up last year, but his, this is his first year. You got Ryan Mountcastle who's having a good season. Austin Hayes is having a good season. Cedric Mullins had a huge three-run homer against the Houston Astros last, last night. And this team is just rolling, man. This team is just rolling right now. So I got the Braves. I got the Orioles. Um, the Dodgers are looking really good, too. Mookie Betts having an MVP season, but I don't think he's going to win it. I think Ronald Acuna is going to win it. Freddie Freeman also having a, a great season. You know, the Dodgers are stacked with offense. James Outman, one of their rookies, rookie outfielders. Chris Taylor, you know, always doing his thing. But Mookie Betts is really putting this team on his back. And these guys can hit, yo. Dodgers could hit. The Dodgers could hit. Dodgers, Dodgers looking really good. Other than that, you know, other than those three teams, you know, I think the Astros, you can't leave the Astros. The Astros are always going to be dangerous. The Astros are always going to be in the conversation. I got the Astros going to the ALCS. I got the Astros going to the ALCS, definitely. You know, Mariners looking good, too. Mariners got a, got a solid three rotation. They got George Kirby, Logan Gilbert, Luis Castillo, who's having a Cy Young year. I don't know, man. It's going to be really interesting this postseason. Really good talents, really good competition, really good players. It's going to be really fun this uh, this this postseason. Um, I just want to give a shout out to uh, you know Blake Snell. Blake Snell, I think, is going to win NL Cy Young. He he's had 21, 21 straight starts. Twenty-one straight starts with like a one point nine four ERA. He's he's been unhittable this season. Unhittable. He's looking to be the first pitcher to win AL and NL Cy Young since nineteen thirteen. You know, it's uh he's having a great season. He is having a great season. I think he's gonna win. The only thing that's killing him right now is walks. He's leading the league in walks right now. He walks a lot of people. Walks a lot of people. But his last outing, he went six innings, one walk, one hit, eight strikeouts against the, against the Dodgers. Man, he's really, he's really, he's really killing it right now. He's really killing it. He's having a great season. Uh, that guy, that guy Blake Snell, man, Blake Snelly Snell, Snellzilla. Guy's looking like a stud, man. Holds uh, Shohei Otani has been shut down for the year. Um, he he heard his oblique. He also he also went. Um, he underwent surgery today. He went through Tommy John. 
Uh, he's gonna be a he's gonna be heading. He's gonna he's gonna be hitting you know an opening day, but he's not gonna be pitching till next next season, which is tough because, you know the Mets. The Mets were like in front line, man. Mets, Mets were in front line to get this guy, man. That's probably like the only good thing to talk about during the Mets is just like their money, because <laughs> of money. But uh, hopefully they make a big splash, you know this uh, this off season. They they got a lot of they they're looking into Japanese players a lot. They're looking into another guy, um, who pitched in the in the World Baseball Classic. They're looking into that guy. He he signed to uh, Kodai Senga. You know, they got the same agent, so maybe 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 that's in the works already. Mets are gonna get this. Starting pitcher from Japan. Mets looking to get Shohei Otani. If he decides to come west, Steve Coleman is definitely going to empty the bank for that guy. And I would do the same thing. So uh, it's, it's not even a question, man. It's not even a question. Yankees. Yankees done for the season. You know, they playing the Blue Jays right now. Well, they're going to play the Blue Jays tonight. Um... Uh, you know, they come off, off of a series win against the Pirates in Pittsburgh. But, um, you know, Yankees aren't making any noise. Jason Dominguez is out. So what else is there to, you know, Cole is looking to get the Cy Young. He had a really rocky start, his last start against the, the Pirates. But, you know, he's got to start tomorrow. I mean, he's got to start on Thursday. Hopefully he can redeem himself and, you know, get back into that Cy Young. That Cy Young race because I think he has the best chance to win it as of now. I think Garrett Cole is going to win the Cy Young for the AL, and Blake Snell is going to win the Cy Young for the NL. If Blake if Blake Snell doesn't win it, I'll give it to Spencer Strider. Uh, Justin Steele has also had a great season, but I'm giving it to Spencer Strider, man. He's got the most wins, he got the most strikeouts, and he's on the best team right now. So I'll give it to him to be number two, but number one is definitely Blake Snell to win the Cy Young. Um, in the NL, the AL, Garrett Cole. I got Garrett Cole, man. Garrett Cole's gotta win it. It's his to lose right now. It's literally his to lose. So if he doesn't, uh, if he doesn't, you know, produce a quality start this Thursday against the Blue Jays, then he might be done for. But I think, uh, I think if he, uh, if he throws a great, if he, if he throws a quality start Thursday, I think he's got a good chance of winning it. Uh, MVP for the NL, Ronald Acuna. Or Mookie Betts, could be, but I think Ronald Acuna is going to win it 100%. Uh, MVP for the AL, ooh, I don't know, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. It could be uh, it could be Shohei, easy, but he got hurt. You know, he got hurt, and he shut down for the season. So he could, uh, it's going to be tough, man. It's going to be tough in that, uh, in the... AL MVP race. See who else is in the is favored in the AL MVP. Oh, Corey Seager. I, I was thinking of Julio too. Julio Rodriguez also having a good also having a good season for the, you know, Seattle Mariners. Second half, great second half. So I got I got I got either one of those guys. Definitely coming out the AL West. <laughs> but I think uh I think Hotani's gonna get it. And um 
yeah, I think Otani's going to get it. Easy money. Easy money. No question. If not, maybe Julio or Corey Seager. Maybe one of those two guys. But I got um, I got my money on Shohei Otani. Easy. And, you know, that's a... Uh, you know, that's about it for baseball. You know, like I said, the Mets don't really got nothing going on. They're playing the Marlins today, trying to play spoiler. Marlins in a wild card race. Yankees also trying to play spoiler as well against the Blue Jays. Blue Jays in a wild card race. But, uh, you know, nothing much going on for the New York baseball team. Season's over is over for them. So, you know, it is what it is. Uh, let's get into football, man. Let's get it. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. It's football season, boys. It's football season, man. Let's go. I'm not even a football fan, but when like when I first got into football, you know, I used to watch the Super Bowl all the time. My brother would put it on once in a while. But when I really got into football was in high school. I don't know for some reason in high school I was I was into football heavy body like every single game every Sunday night game every Monday night game every Thursday night game I was on that I was tuning in and I was doing homework to it that's what I remember the most you know from my football uh my football experience I remember the most in my freshman year in high school I was on that 20 I was on that I was on that heavy you know, and I was a I was a Russell Wilson fan. I was, and I was a Peyton Manning fan. Of course, a huge Peyton Manning fan. And uh, it was just sad to see him get spanked in the Super Bowl after a great season. You know, um, so it was a win win for me because I had the uh, I liked the Seahawks a lot, and uh, I liked um, you know Peyton Manning. He's my favorite player. But it was tough. It was tough. You know, but it's okay. But Jets versus Cowboys, man. Jets versus Cowboys. Jets, you know, they lose that game 30-10. to 10. You know, what do you expect? What do you expect? What do you expect? They got nobody in the offensive position. No, Nobody in the offensive. I mean, they got a lot of offensive weapons. But they just don't have that leader, man. That, that, that catalyst that keeps everyone together, man. That connects everything. You know, that you need a QB. If you're going to be a winning team, you need a QB. There's just no question about it. If you don't have a QB, then you're not going to win. You're not going to go far because you need a QB. You need someone who can hold down their own. You need someone to call the plays. need someone to lead. And you need someone to, you know, to connect this offense together, man. Because, you know, it's just, it just horrible, man. Zach Wilson is not going to cut it. I know the Cowboys score on their first drive. And it just, it was over from there. Literally over from there. You know, they scored their first drive on ease. You know, the defense kept them in it. Great, great red zone defense by the Jets. You know, Micah, um, great red zone off, great red, red zone defense by the Jets. The Jets, they forced five field goals. You know, but it was, it was all Cowboys. It was all Cowboys this game. If I'm going to be honest, all Cowboys, you know, um, Jets made it close from a pass, 68-yard completion, a 68-yard touchdown pass from Zach Wilson to Garrett Wilson, you know, his longest career reception, his longest, his longest career touchdown, 
But other than that, you know, the Jets, they just, they stood no chance. The defense kept them in it. The defense kept them in it. But there's just so much you can do, man. There's just so much you can do. There's just so much you can do with the with the defense. You know? Sauce Gardner missed a huge interception. He missed a huge interception. But, um, you know, other than that, it was just a one-sided affair. Very one-sided affair. I'm going to read a... I'm just going to read the summary, you know, all of the game's scoring drives. So they started on the first, they started, so the first drive, they scored on 12 plays, 75 yards, 5 minutes and 41 seconds, you know, short pass to Ferguson, the tight end, for 4 yards, touchdown. Second quarter, Jets forced a field goal after... The Cowboys ran 14 plays, 80 yards, 6 minutes and 44 seconds. Then the next drive after that, the I mean, not the next drive. Then, uh, you know, the Jets, they come back to score on one play. That took 9 seconds. 9 seconds on one play for a touchdown. Short pass to the middle for Garrett Wilson, 68 yards. Cowboys come back, a score a touchdown, 13 plays, 57 yards. Jets score a field goal, 10 to 18. Third quarter, start off, start off the half. Jets forced a field goal. Jets forced another field goal. Jets forced another field goal. And Jets forced another field goal, so they forced five. Fi- they 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 forced five field goals, five field goals that the Jets defense forced, and that's pretty great. That's pretty great. That is pretty great. You know they forced five field goals, and you know they were just gassed, man. I know I understand that thirty points looks tough. The Jets' defense really held their own. They kept them in it this whole game. They kept them in it this whole game. And if they just had a competent quarterback, you know, oh, man, oh, man, it's just tough. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough to be a tough to be a New York fan right now, man. Zach Wilson also had three interceptions in the fourth quarter. Like, come on, man. This guy, oh, I, I, I'm... I'm not even going to get into it. Micah Parsons caused havoc, forced a fumble. CeeDee Lamb also had a big game, cooking the, cooking the, cooking Reed. And, um, you know, in conclusion, in conclusion, what the hell? I'm, I'm just still, I'm still shell-shocked from what just happened, from what happened to Aaron Rodgers. Like, I mean, you, like, I mean, it couldn't last more than four plays. Like, are you are you kidding me right now? It couldn't last more than four plays. You're telling me on the fourth play, it was written down in stone, Aaron Rodgers towards Achilles. you telling me that? Are you telling me that? Come on, God. I know you have a plan for us all, but... Sheesh. Take it easy, man. Take it easy. Aaron Rodgers, man. I mean, God, God wouldn't give you anything you can't handle. And it looks like Aaron Rodgers, he can handle himself. He's got a competitive drive, and I have no doubt he's going to be back. 
But you got to be kidding me. I'm devastated. Like, do I even continue to watch? You know, I've I've always hated the Jets my whole life. You know, not hated, but I was just never a fan of them. You know, I still kept up with them here and there, but never dedicated time to see them at all. So to see Aaron Rodgers go down and Zach Wilson as the QB showed me why. <laughs> it showed me why. But hey, you know, Jet's gonna jet, right? Jet's gonna jet. <laughs> Jet's gonna jet, huh? But in, in all seriousness, you know, the Cowboys, they're looking pretty good. Cowboys looking pretty good. CD Lamb, he had a huge game. Let me read you his stats. Cause he was cooking us. He like he was he was cooking. CD Lamb was cooking. CD Lamb had 11 receptions for 143 yards. 11 receptions for 143 yards. Man, that guy killed us. That's half a freaking Dak Prescott's. That's half a Dak Prescott's, you know, yards right there, man. He he killed us. He killed us that game. Killed the Jets. Killed the Jets that game. You know, the, the, the Cowboys, they had everything clicking, clicking, man. They had a solid running game. CeeDee Lamb made some good good catches. And their defense is uh, it's pretty scary. You know, they're getting a lot of pressure to the QB. Micah Parsons is a beast. He had his marks on this game. He forced a fumble on Dalvin Cook. And he pressured the QB. He had a couple sacks. Let me tell you how many sacks this guy has, man. Like, come on, man. This guy, this guy was really on one today. He deflected a pass. He got two sacks, four tackles. Like, this guy was everywhere, man. He forced a fumble. He was just causing havoc. Causing havoc, man. And... The Jets O-line had no answer for this guy. He's just a freak of nature. That kid is uh that kid is good, man. He's he's gonna be special. He's he's a he's a special talent. He looks like he plays really hard, looks like he works really hard. And uh, you know, he's gonna be fun to watch. You know, the Jets, they had a really they had it, like I was saying earlier, they had a very strong red zone defense. They forced five field goals. But the elephant in the room is still the QB situation. Like, Zach Wilson didn't stand a chance against this Cowboy defense. And uh, the Jets, they just have to figure something out. Zach Wilson is not going to cut it. He looks soft. You know, it's hard for other players to follow because the QB is, is supposed to lead and he's supposed to perform. And Zach Wilson is not doing either. I I hate to bash the kid. You know, I hate it, but I just, I don't see anything positive from him. Maybe the one pass from Garrett Wilson, other than, other than nothing. Other than that, he had nothing. You know, Zach Wilson just doesn't, he doesn't have it, man. He doesn't have it. He need, he needs more time to develop. I'll leave this kid to develop for the next two years. But you, I, I, I can't see him out there again as a starting QB, man. I hate the bastard kid. But it's just tough, man. It's really, really tough.
I don't think the 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 Jets have the Jets stand no chance with this kid as the as the starting QB. Like they have no shot, guys. No shot. You know, I hate to bash the kid, but you know, it's just tough, man. You know, Garrett Garrett Wilson had an okay game. He could have caught more passes. He went, um, Garrett Wilson went, uh, two for eight. So he had two receptions on eight targets. I saw a lot of drops. I saw a lot of drops. You know, it just looked like his heart wasn't in it. You know, like, it's tough, bro. Oh, my God. Like, how are you going to follow this kid? How are you going to follow this kid? Like, nobody wants... You could just tell from the body language that nobody follows this kid. Nobody listens to this kid. Nobody respects this kid. The little respect you might see is because they have to. It's it's because they're on the same team. But I just don't see nobody buying in to Zach Wilson, you know? Nobody. It's just tough. I'm just thinking about Aaron Rodgers again, man. I'm just thinking about Aaron Rodgers and what he could be doing with this team. And what he could be doing with this team is just crazy, man. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough. But, uh, you know, I'm here and I'm going to duke it out with the boys, man. I'm going to duke it out. You know, if I wasn't here for their, their, their failures before, I'm definitely not going to be... I'm definitely not going to be blessed... With the success, you know, I gotta be with, I gotta go to war with y'all. I gotta be there for the tough times, you know. So, I'm here, man. Let's get it. You know, Dalvin Cook, he's he had a horrible game. Horrible game from Dalvin Cook, man. Four attempts and he only had seven yards. Seven yards. And he fumbled. Oh, man. All right, it's all good. It's all right. Jets look to bounce back next game against the Pats, you know, against one of their rivals, division rivals. Hopefully they can make some noise and, you know, win. This is a tough game for them. This is is a big game for them, man. Every game is big, but they got to get this one against the Pats, man. They need this one. Let's go to the Giants, baby. Let's go to the Giants, baby. Let's go to the Giants. At least one football team is doing their thing. At least one football, at least one New York football team is winning a week. And this week, it's the New York Giants. The New York Giants secure a win over the Cardinals 31-28. to And the score, it doesn't tell you the story, guys. It doesn't tell you the story. I mean, you've had to... This was a this is one of the best games I've ever watched, man. And this was a really fun game. And let me tell you guys, I didn't even watch this game live. I watched this game recording. I watched this game on the DVR, you know, after I recorded, and I was still screaming at the TV. And I knew what happened. I knew what happened. I knew who won. I knew what happened. And I was just still screaming at the TV. Even though I even when I knew what was happening, I knew who was gonna win. I knew how they were gonna win. And how they win. Uh, how they win. How they won. 
And I was still showing the motion to the TV, man. Like, this is not live. And I'm over here screaming at the TV. It's funny, guys. It's funny. You know, I just had a really good time watching the game. You know, the cards, uh, the Arizona Cardinals. Let me let me just tell you. Let me just tell you the summary. Let's go through the breakdown. You know, I'm still trying to get my feet wet on how I'm going to talk about, you know, football. But I think I should start off, you know, with the summaries on the drives. So we're going to start off with the drive, scoring drive. So the first quarter, the first drive, Cardinals score, nine plays, four minutes, 41 seconds, James Conner up the middle, touchdown. Second quarter, Cardinals again, touchdown. Second quarter, field goal, Cardinals, 17-0. Second quarter, field goal, 20-0. 20-0, guys, you heard that right, 20-0. 20-0, guys, 20-0, Arizona Cardinals up at the half, 20-0. 20 Cardinals, 0 Giants. And this is, and they haven't scored in six straight Quarters. The last time this happened, 1934. 1934, the Giants haven't scored in six straight quarters to open the season. Almost a century ago, guys. A century it took, man. you telling me six straight quarters, you couldn't get one touchdown? you telling me six straight quarters, you couldn't score... A field goal? You telling me six straight quarters, you couldn't get a safety? You telling me six straight quarters, you couldn't score? <laughs> like, you telling me all this BS after everything you did last year, after the offseason, after getting Darren Waller, after franchise and tagging uh, the Saquon Barkley, after extending Daniel Jones, after making the playoffs, after getting a win in the playoffs, you telling me you can't score for six straight quarters? Come on, man, you got six straight quarters. Come on, man. Come on, gotta be better than that. Gotta be better than that. The Giants were trailing 17-0 after the first quarter. Daniel Jones looked looked really shaky. Well, he didn't really look shaky. It's just that he had no time. He had no time. Arizona Cardinals, their pressure was getting to the QBs, um, and he just couldn't get anything going. He couldn't get anything going. Giants couldn't get anything going in the first half. Daniel Jones threw an interception on the first drive that didn't result in a three and out. So before he threw that interception, three and outs, three and outs, three and outs, three and outs, three and outs. Oh, it's not a three and out this time, but I'm going to throw an interception. Like, come on, guys. You couldn't have started a season any worse than the New York Giants did in the first six quarters. Now is halftime. It's halftime. It's the start of the third quarter. And it only took three plays. New York Giants score a touchdown 
It's now 20 to 7. 20 to 7. 20 to 7. 20 to 7. It only took them six quarters to score their first points of the NFL season. And it was a nice play. Daniel Jones, rushing touchdown for 14 yards. Nice job. And then guess what? You think you think you think the Giants got some momentum? Arizona Cardinals come right back, score a touchdown, 65 yards, eight plays. It is 28 to 7, guys. 28 to 7. Later on, the Giants score again. The Giants score again in back-to-back drives in the third quarter. It is now 14 to 28 after a after a rushing touchdown from Saquon Barkley, man. Rushing touchdown from Saquon Barkley, 28 to 14. Arizona Cardinals are up. Arizona Cardinals come back on on offense. Three and out. Bam. In and out. Get out of there. Let's get the offense back out there. And let's let's cut the lead in this game. Because Daniel Jones, again, leads the Giants down the field. 85 yards. And he throws a short pass to Saquon Barkley for another touchdown. His second touchdown of the game. Let's go! Like, I'm getting hyped just talking about it because that game, that was a really good game, guys. Really good game. If you ever catch a rerun of that game, I wouldn't skip it at all, man, because it was a really good game. Really good game from the New York Giants. It is now 21 to 28. Cardinals come back on offense. Three and out. Give me the ball back. Give me that. You don't want that. Let's go. Giants defense really stepped up in the second half. Forced a lot of three and outs. Oh, my goodness. And then Daniel Jones gets the ball again. And he marches downfield. Six plays, 74 yards. Touchdown pass to Isaiah Hodgins. It is now tied up 28 to 28. What a resilient shown. From the New York Giants, man, after being shut out for six straight quarters, man. Can you believe that? Six straight quarters with no points, and they come back to tie the game in the second half. It is now 28-28. to Shout out to that Giant defense for forcing three and outs and getting, and getting, forcing back-to-back three and outs and getting the ball back in Daniel Jones' hand. Also, huge shout out. To the rookie, Jalen Hyatt, who made huge plays down the stretch. Who made two big catches down the stretch to put them in position to win. Look, he had two receptions. His first two receptions of his career. And he went for 89 yards. What a debut from the rookie wide receiver, Jalen Hyatt, man. Let's hear it for him. Let's hear it for the boy. Let's hear it for the future. The future. Let's hear it for the future, babe. The future. 
Darren Waller also had a huge game. He had six receptions for 76 tough yards. Great game by the New York Giants, man. Great game. But but with one minute to go in the fourth quarter, what a chance to take the lead. Down goes Barkley. Down goes Saquon. After a big game, two touchdowns from Saquon Barkley. He had 17 attempts at rushing. He had 63 yards. Not 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 impressive. He also had 29 yards receiving. He goes down with an ankle injury. He's limping off the field. He's got two people on both of the side of his shoulders helping him off the field. Saquon Barkley, who's in his contract year and fighting for more money, goes down. And this is why this is why the running back position is not as paid as the other positions. It's just there's too much risk in that position. There's just too much risk in that position. Look at what happened to Nick Chubb last night, guys. Go. We'll take a moment of silence for Nick Chubb. A moment of silence for Nick Chubb, who suffered a gruesome injury yesterday with his knee. Oh, my God. He got his knee blown up, and he's done, he's done for the season. Nick Chubb, one of the best running backs in the league, done for the season after uh, suffering a gruesome injury, a gruesome hit. Oh, man, to his knee. Guys, if you, if you watch the video of Nick Chubb's injury, viewer discretion is advised because, oh, my God, that, that was a gruesome injury, guys. Give it a look. It was tough. It was, it was just, it was, oh, man, that was painful. I couldn't see it again. One of my coworkers showed me, and I just couldn't see it. It was, once I saw it, I, I was like, oh, my goodness. Let's pray for that, man. Let's pray for all the running backs. Let's do a quick prayer. In the name of the Lord, Father God, thank you, God, for taking the time to listen to my prayers. It's always a pleasure to pray. Because I'm not only praying, you know, for life, eternal life for everyone. I'm also praying, you know, for health. Father God, please look over Nick Chubb as he as he is in one of the darkest times possible. He's hurt. And his knee, God, bless his knee. Bless his knee. Recover his knee. Look after his knee, God, because he suffered a really, really Really gruesome injury, and it looked painful. It looked painful, and we just wish nothing but a speedy recovery for Nick Chubb. 
because of that hor- horrendous, gruesome injury that he suffered last night in Pittsburgh. So God, I just want you to look after him. Pray, I pray for Nick Chubb's knee. I pray for his health. I pray for his mental health. I pray for his body. I pray for his family. I pray for everyone associated with Nick Chubb and to all the running backs because of the risky position, that position, because of the riskiness, because of the risk and the risk in that position. These guys put their bodies on the line for us. They put us, they put their bodies on the line for us to entertain us. And God, we want you, well, I, Father God, pray that you look over all these running backs. Pray all, I pray for Saquon Barkley for a quick, a quick, quick, you know, speedy recovery on his ankle. Pray for Nick Chubb. I pray for all the running backs out there. Nothing but pure health. I pray for their health, God. Please bless them, guide them, and take care of them. In the name of the Lord, amen. Amen. Woo! Oh, who likes that prayer, man? Slowly but surely, guys. Slowly but surely, my prayer game, my prayer game is getting up there. It's getting up there, and, you know, you just got to, you know, practice make perfect, man. You just continue to pray. Continue to pray. It's getting better, and, you know, thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening to my prayer. But, yeah, man, you know, Saquon Barkley goes down. He's out for the next two to three weeks, and it sucks, man, because he had a huge game, and it was in the last minute of the game where they were already in field goal field goal distance. But, uh, you know, it was tough. But nonetheless, nonetheless, the Giants win with a field goal from 34, a 34-yard field goal from Gano. To seal the game, Giants win after losing after 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 being behind twenty to zero in the half. In conclusion, in conclusion, in conclusion, the end. Great comeback, great comeback win for the New York Giants. And boy, did they need this! Boy, did they need this before panic mode was going to kick in. It was a tale of two halves for both teams. First half, Cardinal dom- Cardinals dominated defensively and offensively. Joshua Dobbs, he's a solid QB. You know, I, if I was the Jets, I would look into this guy. You know, when Kyler Murray comes back, I would look into Josh Dobbs, man. He's not a bad, he's not a bad QB. You know, James Conner had a huge game. I'm always I've always been a fan of James Conner. You know, another running back. Look at this guy. Another running back. I've I've been a fan of James Conner ever since he played for Pittsburgh. Um, he's a cancer survivor. He survived cancer. And I just want nothing for the best for that guy. He plays hard. He's a humble guy. Great energy guy. Great physicality. He plays hard every snap. And if it wasn't for him, you know, I don't think the the, the Cardinals would have been anywhere anywhere close. To 28 points because he really he he held them down, he held them down, he held them down. So James Conner kept the cards in the game. You know he had a good game first half. Giants couldn't get anything off. Offense not clicking. O line getting beat. Daniel Jones constantly pressure. Saquon can't get separation. But the second half comes 
and it's a whole new team. It's a whole new team. The Giants score on the first drive. The Cardinals respond, and then the Giants score 24 unanswered points to win the game. 24 unanswered points to win the game. But sadly, very sadly, we lost Saquon. You know, he had a good game. He had some tough yards. But he gets hurt in the last, last minute of the game after getting his ankle crunched. You know, tough loss for the Giants as he's going to be out for two to three weeks. But a huge comeback win for the New York Giants as they head on to face the 49ers on Thursday night football on Amazon Prime. Not a promotion. I freaking hate Amazon because why are you taking away TV? Why are you taking away games that should be on a TV, man? Why do I got to sign up for this BS? Why do I got to sign up for Amazon Prime to watch a football game that was on freaking cable, man? I pay for cable. I don't want to pay for no Amazon Prime, man. Like, come on. Nonetheless, the game is going to be on Amazon Prime Thursday night. Going to be a tough one against the 49ers defense. Hopefully they can pull one out. And Daniel Jones, uh, you know, can bring us home, man. Bring us home to the promised land. But guys, thank you, thank you for listening to the sports segment of episode 19 of Sports with Jesus. Let's get into the Bible talk, bib. Bible talk, babe. All right, man. So here we go. Here we go. I would read. Uh, we're on Genesis 46. Easy to read version. But I will read the last. Uh, the last paragraph. Uh, the last thing we read. Their father didn't know what to think. At first he didn't believe them. But then they told him everything Joseph had said. Then their father saw the wagons that Joseph had sent to bring him back to Egypt. And he became excited and very happy. Israel said, Now I believe you. My son Joseph is still alive. I am going to see him before I die. We're on to Genesis 46, guys. So Israel begins his trip to Egypt. First he went to Beersheba. There he worshipped God, the God of his father, Isaac. Wow, the God of his father, Isaac. You know what's funny? I was talking to somebody named Isaac today. And, you know, we were talking. We were talking... And uh, I was like, yo, who's Isaac again? He was like, he's uh, he's uh, he's Abraham's son. I'm like, oh, right, Abraham. No, 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 no. No, 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 he's uh, he's Esau and Jacob's father. Yeah, he's Abraham's son. Yeah, he's Abraham. I... Oh, let me, let me. <laughs> now we got to, now we got to. Yep, Isaac. Yep, Isaac is his son. And uh, we were talking about him and 
It was like, yo, who's Isaac again? He's oh yeah, he's Abraham's son. And then uh, I also came to find out that he's Jacob and Esau's father. So he's uh, he's Israel's father. And uh, let's continue. Let's get back on track. You know, we were just talking about, you know, stuff, Isaac. And it was just fun. So there he worshiped God, the God of his father, Isaac. He offered sacrifices. During the night, God spoke to Israel in a dream and said, Jacob, Jacob. Israel answered, here I am. Then God said, I am God, the God of your father. Don't be afraid to go to Egypt. In Egypt, I will make you a great nation. I will go to Egypt with you, and I will bring you out of Egypt again. You will be there. You will die there. But Joseph will be with you. His own hands will close your eyes when you die. Then Jacob, Israel, left Beersheba and traveled to Egypt. His sons, the sons of Israel, brought their father, their wives, and all their children to Egypt. They traveled in wagons the Pharaoh had sent. They also had their cattle and everything they owned in the land of Canaan. So Israel went to Egypt with all of his children and his family. With him were his sons and his grandsons, his daughters and his granddaughters. All of his family went with him. Here's the family of Jacob. These are the names of Israel's sons and family who went to Egypt with him. Reuben was his first son. Reuben's sons were Hanok, Payu, Hezron, and Carmi. Simeon's sons were Jemuel, Jamin, Ohad, Jakin, and Zohar. There was also Shul, Shaul. Shaul was born from a Canaanite woman. Levi's sons were Gershon, Kohath, and Merari. Judah's sons were Ur, Onan, Shelah, Perez, and Zerah. Perez's sons were Hezron and Hamul. Issachar's sons were Tola, Pua, Jab, and Shemron. Zebulun's sons were Sered, Elon, and Jalil. Guys, forgive me for mispronouncing all these names, but you guys get it. Let's get it. Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Zebulun were Jacob's sons from his wife Leah. Leah had three had these sons in Padan Aram. She also had a daughter named Dina. There were 33 people in this family. Big family. Nice. I'm going to continue with the game with the names, guys. Come on, stay with me, guys. Stay with me. Stay with me. We all we're learning, we're all in this together. You know, it gets slow at times, you know, in the Bible with the names, but let's get it, man. We're in this together. This is this is the the book of wisdom. Gad's sons were Zephon, Hagi, Shuni, Esbon, Eri, Arodi, and Areli. Asher's sons were Imna, Ishva, Ishvi, Beria, and their sister, Sarah. Also, there were Beria's sons, Heber and Malkail. All these were Jacob's sons from his wife's servant, Zilpah. There were 16 people in this family. 
Benjamin was also with Jacob. Jacob, Benjamin was Jacob and Rachel's son. In Egypt, Joseph had two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. Benjamin's sons were Bela, Becker, Ashbel, Gera, Naaman. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. The, the name... <laughs> the name is spelled N-A-A-M-A-N. <laughs> and I just pronounced it nah man <laughs> alright guys I'm sorry nah man Naman, Naman. I don't know how you pronounce that name but I'm sorry okay so yeah Ash. so Benjamin's sons were Bella Baker Becker Ashbel Gera Naman, Ehi, Rosh, Mapim, Hapim, and Ard. These were the sons of Jacob from his wife Rachel. There were 14 people in this family. Dan's son was Hashim. Naphtali's sons were Jazil, Gunny, Jezer, and Shalim. These were the sons of Jacob and Bilhah. There were seven people in this family. The total number of Jacob's direct descendants who went with him to Egypt was 66 people. Also, Joseph had two sons in Egypt. With these two grandsons, Jacob's family in Egypt numbered 70 people in all. 70 people, guys, in total went to Egypt. Well, 68, no, 67, and there was three people waiting for him in Egypt. Jacob sent Judah ahead to speak with Joseph. Judah went to the Joseph, went to Joseph in the land of Goshen. Then Jacob and his people followed into the land. Joseph learned that his father was coming. So he prepared his chariot and went out to meet his father Israel in Goshen. When Joseph saw his father, he hugged him. He hugged his neck and cried for a very long time. Then Israel said to Joseph, Now I can die in peace. I have seen your face, and I know that you are still alive. Joseph said to his brothers and to the rest of the family, I will go and tell Pharaoh that you are here. I will say to Pharaoh, my brothers and the rest of my father's family have left the land of Canaan and have come here to me. They are a family of shepherds. They have always kept sheep and cattle. They have brought all their animals and everything they own with them. When Pharaoh calls you, he will ask, what work will you do? He said, He'll, he will ask, what work do you do? You tell him, we are shepherds. All of our lives, we have been shepherds. And our ancestors were shepherds before us. Then Pharaoh will allow you to live in the land of Goshen. Egyptians don't like shepherds. So it is better that you stay in Goshen. We'll do one more chapter. Genesis 47, guys.
Joseph went into the Pharaoh, went into Pharaoh and said, my father and my brothers and all of their families are here. They have all their animals and everything they own from the land of Canaan with them. They are now in the land of Goshen. Joseph chose five of his Joseph chose five of his brothers to be there with him before the Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to the brothers, "What work do you do?" The brothers said to Pharaoh, "Sir, we are shepherds, just as our ancestors were shepherds before us." They said to Pharaoh, "The famine is very bad in Canaan." There are no fields left with grass for our animals, so we have come to live in this land. We ask you to please let us live in Goshen. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Your father and your brothers have come to you. You can choose any place in Egypt to you can choose any place in Egypt for them to live. Give your father and your brothers the best land. Let them live, let them live in the land of Goshen. And if they are skilled shepherds, they can also care for my cattle. Then Joseph called his father, Jacob, to come meet Pharaoh. Jacob blessed Pharaoh. Then Pharaoh said to him, How old are you? Jacob said to Pharaoh, I have had a short life with many troubles. I am only 130 years old. My father and his ancestors lived to be much older than I am. Then Jacob blessed Pharaoh and left from his meeting with him. Joseph did what Pharaoh said and gave his brothers and father the best land in Egypt. It was the best land in Egypt in the eastern part of the country around Ramses. Around Ramses. Joseph also gave his father Joseph also gave his father, his brothers, and all their people the food they needed. The famine got worse. There was no food anywhere in the land. Egypt and Canaan became very poor because of this bad time. People in the land bought more and more grain. Joseph saved the money and brought it to Pharaoh's house. After some time, the people in Egypt and Canaan had no money left. They had spent all their money to buy grain. So the people of Egypt went to Joseph and said, Please give us food. Our money is gone. If we don't eat, we will die while you are watching. But Joseph answered, Give me your cattle and I will give you food. So the people used their cattle and horses and all the other animals to buy food. And that year, Joseph gave them food and took their animals. But the next year, the people had no animals and nothing to buy food with. So they went to Joseph and said, You know that we have no money left? You know that? And all our animals belong to you? So we have nothing left. Only what you see. Our bodies and our land. Surely we will die while you are watching. But if you give us food, we will give Pharaoh our land, and we will be his slaves. Give us seed so that we can plant, then we live and not die, and the land will grow food for us again. So Joseph bought all the land in Egypt for Pharaoh. All the people in Egypt sold, their, sold Joseph their fields. They did this because they were hungry, and everywhere in Egypt... All the people became Pharaoh's slaves. 
The only land Joseph didn't buy was the land that the priests owned. The priests didn't need to sell their land because Pharaoh paid them for their work. So they used this money to buy food to eat. Joseph said to the people, Now I have you bought, now I have bought you and your land for Pharaoh. So I will give you seed and plant, and you can plant your fields. At harvest time, you must give one-fifth of your crops to Pharaoh. You can keep four-fifths for yourselves. You can use the seed you keep for food and planting the next year. Now you can feed your children and your families. The people said, you have saved our lives. We are happy to be slaves to Pharaoh. So Joseph made a law at the time in the land, and that law continues today. The law says that one-fifth of everything from the land belongs to Pharaoh who owns all the land. The only land he does not own is the land of the priests. Israel stayed in Egypt. He lived in the land of Goshen. His family grew and became very large. They became landowners there and did very well. Jacob lived in Egypt 17 years, so he was 147 years old. The time came when Israel knew he would soon die, so he called his son Joseph to him. He said, if you love me, put your hand under my leg and make a promise. Promise that you will do what I say and that you will be truthful with me. Promise that you will do what I say and that you will be truthful with me. When I die, don't bury me in Egypt. Bury me in the place where my ancestors are buried. Carry me out of Egypt and bury me in our family grave. Joseph answered, I promise that I will do what you say. Then Jacob said, Make a vow to me. And Joseph vowed to him that he would do this. Then Israel laid his back down. Then Israel laid his head back down on the bed. And that is the conclusion of the Bible talk. Ladies and gentlemen, we have made it to the end of episode 19. And it was a good episode. It was a great episode. I enjoyed recording this episode very much as I have enjoyed the rest of my day. I've had a good day today. I've had good energy. I said a lot of positive things. I've been a lot positive. I've been okay. I've been good. Been good. I'm blessed. I'm grateful. And, um, you know, I'm just, I'm hungry. I'm hungry, baby. But yeah, guys, for my little preach earlier, God is in us. God is in all of us. He's in our hearts. Okay? He's in our hearts, guys. And your heart can stop beating at any minute. But God won't do that to you. He won't do that to any of us. 
But ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to episode 19 of Sports with Jesus. I'll catch you guys in the next one, most likely next week. Or if if you guys are lucky, <laughs> maybe this week. But definitely next week. All right, guys, thank you for tuning in. I'll catch you guys in the next one. Sports with Jesus. Marcos out.